let us start what we have come to the room today. You really should be ready. <laughs> oh, good. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of the Transfer Show. Yes, I, I know you're wondering this is a different voice, but I don't actually belong here. But I'm standing here for the indefatigable Kunle. And Bolish, the last time you guys had me, you guys were threatening me, but I guess it's just the two of us. So, you guys, you definitely be nice to me today. Uh, a little bit because you know when you see me on someone as based on a Ghana master, you don't need to show your power too much. So I'll be I'll be a nice <laughs> I'll be a nice fellow podcast. <laughs> see, the only Ghana master we have in the world now is Barcelona and Chelsea. Because the way it's going, eh? Barcelona will still come and rob them with Stanford Bridge because this operation is too much. The minute Chelsea wake up and are like, oh god, there's this player that we want to sign, we really want him so much. It seems like somebody just tells Barcelona that ah. Chelsea Matt fellow Simon, but he just wants to go and sign this guy. What do you guys think? Let's go and block the move, Jerry. Let's go and sign him. Maybe <laughs> they say we don't have money. Let's go and sign him. It started with Joe Kulibali stuff, but that, that didn't work. But the whole Rafinha, Rafinha worked. Now it looks like Kunde is going to work. At this point, Chelsea was wondering what on God's head did we do to Barcelona? I know we've had some battles on the field, but it shouldn't be this personal now. How about? So I think, to be honest, Kunde has, even last season, when uh, Chelsea were trying to get Kunde. I think Barcelona too, you know, we thought about it, but we could not even raise our voice because obviously because of the so, financial. So uh, I think generally in terms of just overall prospects and talent, he has always been someone that obviously for the most obvious quality that Barcelona look for in, in defenders, which is ability to be excellent with the ball at your feet and progress the ball properly back position, you know, on the right hand side of the of the defense sometimes. So I think he's always been that attractive to Barcelona. So when you have a situation like that, and then you know players can be very perceptive and then they they look around, they observe what is going on. Whether we like it or not, it's already sipping to the cracks that there's some sort of um I don't know if I can call it if a mutiny yet. Because it's, it's not, it has not come out yet, but there's it's, it's, there's signs of disharmony and some sort of um uh like there's some bitterness towards one another between the management and the managers and the players in the Chelsea camp. Everybody, you, you might not want to agree, but it looks like when I saw a report that says when is looking to leave because you know mm-hmm. it feels like yeah he wants to get where he play often so that he can play the World Cup. ZH is looking to go to Milan. Aspicreta wants to leave. Marcos Alonso wants to leave. So yeah, um, to go to Barcelona. So you have situation, you have you have situations like that where there's a particular team that it looks like they don't have a like uh, they are not fully scheduled on what they want to do and how they they don't even know how they will line up in the season. And then on the other hand, there's a team that you saw some some spark of their exciting project last year. You can kind of fit yourself into the team and see okay this is how me as a talent will fit into what these guys are doing and now i think i think that with my addition we can be way much better than you know than what they are and then you see that oh in this summer alone they've done additions in so many key areas they've done additions in attack they've done additions you know in uh, midfield kessie and likes they've even brought in christensen and you feel like oh Number one, if I go to this squad, I have the opportunity to start and play for them. That's number one. Number two, 
I think the style of play was going to suit me and I'm going to enjoy myself playing from playing myself. I'm in Spain. That's that cannot be ruled out because obviously of course. you need to remember that someone like uh, let me bring in basketball, Otto Pota Jr. literally went all the way from Bay Area to Toronto because you know his family, his wife's family is from Toronto, so he can't rule those things out. So when you put in all those factors together, and then you have one of the most influential presidents in the world, and then one of the sexiest uh, head coaches of all time. It's, it's a recipe for beauty. And then you have is Barcelona. I, exactly. I, I think we, we have... That's, we, that's, that's, that's even my point. We, something seeps to the crack. crack, And, you know, maybe some misfortune happens at some point and people begin to forget. There will always be clubs that would have that rep over time. That if there are transfers that are going to happen and they can afford to pay the same amount that the other club is paying and they ask players to choose... Real Madrid, Barcelona would always take the kick. It's just simple like that. It's just that see how every German player would most likely want to play with uh, Bayern. Bayern. I think it's just the way it is. So I don't I think it's about the German players. I just feel like, I just feel like whether even let's say, let's even say everything is rosy at Chelsea, everything is perfect, they are great and stuff. The allure of um, Barcelona, Real Madrid is too much. For players to turn down most times, a lot of players sacrifice a lot to. At the end of the day, you can always say, you know what? I played for Real Madrid at some point. I played for Barcelona at some point. As a reason, I'm sure Lewandowski would have earned more money at PSG or at um, Chelsea. But the idea that I see is either Barcelona or nothing. Like telling Bayern that if you don't negotiate with um, Barcelona at this point, forget it. I'm not going anywhere else. I'm not also, going to Chelsea. I'm not also going to the legend, you know, your legends, the, le- the yes, legend yes. status as a footballer, mm. it's more enhanced. If you do the exact exactly. same thing, what Benzema did last season, if you, I think sometimes I'm not trying to undermine it, it's it, it should even win the Ballon d'Or. But that same thing, if you do it, which is what you know, Lewandowski has done pro- probably for years. <laughs> and he doesn't get that, you know, automatic uh, uh, like note that everyone is clamoring that oh, this guy is the Ballon d'Or. I think yeah. those are the things that you know are contributing to having um that uh, that this transfer. And we have always known that if we have the right project and we we are sexy enough, we would always attract the best talent. And then, so it was expected because see, it was a, it was a crazy saga. On, on Friday nights, Chelsea fans are celebrating that, oh my God, Kunde is coming to us. Saturday morning, whoever this Gerard Romero guy is, the guy is evil. He just tweets and he says, things are happening. That's the only thing you will hear. Things are happening at Barcelona. And for so, you, the internet to just go, boom. I, I, went digging, I went digging to get more information about Gerard Romero. And apparently, he, hosts, he has this Twitch channel where he hosts, um, is like a, like a show. Sort of, okay. and he does audacious things <laughs> on the show. One of the of clips I saw, he literally called the hotel that Sevilla. He found out the hotel Sevilla was staying for precision, and he called them and said, "Hello, please, can you transfer me to Juice County's uh, room?" Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like, "No, we don't understand. What do you mean?" So he, he was. He, he said, "Oh, okay. That means you have confirmed that Juice Kande is here." He said, "I just wanted to confirm if he's still here or he has gone for medical." <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And he's always. He was one that I saw. He was tracking. He said that there's a private jet coming all the way to Spain that has left uh, Bavaria. 
that's that has left Germany. Stuff like that. He he does that is like a full on 24-7 tracker of all things uh Barcelona. Barcelona. So, yeah. Anytime I see stuff, so, some of the stops, you know, obviously, because of it's always two years. Yeah, because I remember back in early in, in the in the first week, I think first week of June or late May, it was the first person that broke the idea that my United are interested in Frankie De Young. No other person saw it coming. No other person predicted De Young was going to be in their in their transfer window. Next thing you know, yeah, remember you said things are happening. And before you know, it was obviously correct. That means his sources within Barcelona definitely don't lie to him. Because a lot of people called him frauds, all kinds of names on Saturday morning, especially Chelsea fans. They didn't want to believe it. They didn't want to lose Kundi, obviously. But it happened. It feels like at this point, Kundi has made up his mind that I'm going to Barcelona. Sevilla. Obviously, Sevilla would prefer Chelsea because they probably want to pay more money up front. But Sevilla have no choice. You are not in the NBA and the NFL. It's where the player says it's going to in football that you would agree. There's no and I think we also to... have the, the opportunity, like, they were, there were negotiations around Memphis Depay, but I don't know if that is still happening, because I saw in that report that Juventus is also looking to, you know, bid for Memphis. So, he has to leave. Has so, to leave. The, the, the options up front, they're so rich up front, that, uh, you see, so I, I, on the last part, I kind of reeled out some people that, you know, as if we want to look at it, what they have to leave. So I said either Braithwaite or Memphis has to leave. Because uh, having both of them in the squad doesn't make sense. You both of them have... I even leave. Both of them, because if you look yeah, at the way Barcelona and... lined up in their classical, that friendly. And so far started on the left, Rafinha on the right, the Wandowski came in. Bring in the There's the Torres. You can bring in the that's 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 yeah. two options already. That's options of six. Of which there's, have... there's this young boy that a lot of people are not talking about, but I know he's going to get a lot of minutes on that Javi. I don't know if he's going to if he stays, I know he's going to get a lot of minutes because he plays the kind of style that Javi sometimes wants. That's where you can take the ball wide and then you can so he's going to get opportunities to show himself. That's Alex Colado. So I don't know if he if he'll play, but there's a but chance this... he'll play. That was even second day. Anyway, before I even go to what Chelsea are going to do next, let's just stick with Barcelona for a second day because it feels like for all the every week report on the old Freaky the Young Saga, the saga is becoming very long and very annoying. Now, Chavis and um, Laputa spoke over the weekend. Chavis says stuff like, Oh, I trust him, I trust him, he's a key player, he can also play center back for us, but it's also the economic and financial situation. Oh, Laputa is saying stuff like, uh, We'll talk to him, we've seen offers, but we don't want to accept any of the offers, we'll talk to him, but there's the economic and financial situation. Is it a case of where by Barcelona begging or pushing Freaky the Young towards the other? We know we love you. But we have so many options in your department. Can you just help us go so that we can bring in the people that will improve other areas of the team? You see, I, I, the way I want to attack that question is because it's a way that we literally allowed Messi to go. When we could have, you know, signed CVC deal yeah. at that point, uh, yeah. more good everything. And me, we literally said, oof, Messi, this uh, wage... It's too much. We can't handle it. <laughs> we, we have problem financially. We have this, this, this. If we literally could tell Messi, please go. And I'm hearing reports that it's possible we can get him for free this one because he signed two years deal with yeah, PSG. Yeah. Now this summer, so that he can come and do a proper um one farewell. year farewell, which I really really love. So if we can do a situation like that with Messi, 
So what has FDJ done that we could not be able to recommend stuff like that? And mind you, looking at the wage bills of all the players we have, one of the last remaining relic of the Batomeo era is Frankie de Jong's wage. Yes, the Busquets, the PK, and the likes, they got massive wages also. But the difference to an extent with those guys is that it's not, it wasn't as high as Frank de Jong. They, they, they don't have one loyalty um, bonus that kicks in mm-hmm. for choosing Barcelona over PSG. Imagine, we are in a situation whereby people are taking less to play for us now. Meanwhile, just a few years ago, because of some ridiculous mismanagement of our club statue, some people are paying players loyalty bonus for choosing Barcelona. So you, you can see the contrast in how wow. the club was, was being run and how it's being run now. So I think what, what we have now is a case of even me myself, I was looking at, I went to kind of observe, okay, towards the end of last season, let's say the last 25 games, how many games did Frankie de Jong start for Barcelona? And how many games did he complete? And it was obvious that as much as Javi tried to include him in as many games as possible, he was always one of the first people to come off the, come off the field when he started. And then Javi, he felt like in some of the more important games or some of the more important moments, Javi trusted someone like Gavi more than Frank De Jong, mm-hmm. which I didn't understand. And I really, sometimes I was I was complaining, you know, when you're watching the game as a fan, you're complaining that play Frank De Jong, he's more mature, he's more this one, he's more experienced. But some, somehow, something in Javi's head, ticking somewhere, feels like he trusts Gavi in most situations. There are even times where if the option to remove someone between Pedri and FDJ, you know, comes up, it's not even a, a, a question. Pedri stays on, FDJ comes off. I think the what the the the, the nemesis or the, the the negative thing for FDJ was the emergence of both Gavi and, and Pedri, Pedri at the same time in that midfield. Because Gavi is literally playing for Spain. Yeah. Enrique is literally like, oh my, this guy is too good. I can't. He's a key player Spain for Spain. Like he starts for Spain. Can yeah. think, as you can think of, Gavi is starting for Spain. Pedri is starting for Spain. So if you, when you consider that situation like that, it means and he has we have the, um Javi has tried to play FDJ in Busquets role, but that's not his style. Busquets role is not like the pillow, you know, the uh, deep line, long playing for for. Or attacking for something like that, so it, it, it feels like there's this feeling of oh, with this Javi method, it's like he's floating, and we're not going to get hundred percent of his abilities. So it feels, if, 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 yes, they're trying to get off his wage, which is probably the number one reason. Like I feel, let me state for a fact that if his wage was nine million or lesser, they will not even be entertaining this discussion with. With Manchester United, because except we want to deceive ourselves, it's one of the top, 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 top quality talents in the world, one of the best oh, yeah. in the world. But the truth is, the first thing, the reason why they are considered is weight bill reducer. And then, obviously, you probably it is is like height playing the style he played at Ajax that made everyone love him under Eric Tag. So I think he's eventually going to be a win win. Only thing I don't like about the old saga is. United legends, fans, players, uh, media being bought out because the guy refused to. 
we are literally seeing Kunde choose deciding that he's not going to Chelsea, but he wants to stay in Barcelona. So of why do you course. think that it's not possible for FTJ to decide that I don't <laughs> out? People don't understand that the 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 club is a big club. Is he was a boyhood Barcelona fan? He exactly. The weather in Barcelona is one of the best. Is one of the best weathers in Europe. It is close to the Netherlands weather. It's not the same as Mancunian weather. Man Manchester weather is ash. It's tough. Yeah, it's he's, he's extreme. Like those are those are all these things that people don't understand. That if you are used to you are used to the beach life, Saint Tropez life in Barcelona. It's going to be difficult for you to just decide. See, I was even saying you are, you are playing at a small club. Exactly. I was even saying that. Up and go and start life in uh, Manchester for a club that he, 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 he just like go, he just got engaged recently and he has been with his girlfriend. He, I'm sure his baby will be telling him that. Exactly. Baby. What if the baby is telling him that? See, like, if you move to Manchester, so say this. So say this segment has ended. So see, so there there are so many factors involved, but I just feel like because the way the entire thing is going now is. It's obvious that Barcelona need him to leave. It's obvious that he doesn't want to leave and he doesn't want to take a pay cut. So it's not a case of, okay, who breaks first? Will Barcelona break first and be like, okay, let's find a way to, maybe the next economic levers, let's find a way to accommodate his salary. Or if they don't break first and be like, okay, I will take the 50% pay cut or something. It feels so like it's the an way I think it, The way I think it will go, to just round off that topic is that I feel like Frank De Jong has to, for the first 15 games, if he stays back in Barcelona, he has to play like a madman. Like he has to play like Ballon d'Or shouts. If not, ah, Jeku, your bench. Ah, Jeku, your bench. Anyway, and it's a walk up here. Um, stick you in Man United. This whole Ronaldo saga started like okay, and I play play before. Nothing be happen. Now it's a case of ah, the guy doesn't even want. It's obvious that he doesn't want to play for them and he wants to play in the Champions League. Yes, there are reports um, earlier tonight that he's on his way back to Manchester. He's going to have a face-to-face meeting with the coach and what have you. I understand that my United share prices are falling since they're falling a bit since my uh, Ronaldo said he wants to leave the club. Ronaldo was a top scorer and their best player last season. Blah blah blah, and all these good things that he brings. But in a way, and it's a win-win situation for both parties to go their different way. And why? Because one. He doesn't, Ronaldo, Ronaldo doesn't want to play in the Europa League, obviously. He still wants to continue to play Champions League football and improve on his legacy. And Man United claim to be rebuilding or are rebuilding an entire new team. You cannot be rebuilding and have a 37-year-old Ronaldo as an important member of your, the so-called team you are rebuilding. Why not just decide that, okay, find a club for yourself, move on, thank you very much, you still remain a club legend, blah, blah, blah. Let us face this rebuild fair and square. So I, I think you, you when you make, there are some mistakes that once you make them you just have to try to make the best of them. Now Ashishi, what did she last year by bringing him and then changing all their focus of their, their attack and now they were playing up front uh-huh. and redirecting it and you know focusing on just Albos Ronaldo. Where before you had a situation where someone like Bruno Fernandez will come and receive the ball, spread the ball to the wings, move around. It got to a point where everybody's just trying to launch the ball to Ronaldo and they were not very good at it. They're not technically sound enough to do it properly. And then Ronaldo himself is not as agile and, you know, he's not as fit as Mobile when he's he running yeah. and jumping 90 minutes non-stop just to score goals and whatnot. So, but I feel like 
as if if you sell so the question now is not if it's not just about oh sell Ronaldo. So what do you what do you use to replace him? Are you going to are you ready to spend the season relying on on Martial, Rashford, and Sancho for goals? Because I don't think Greenwood is still back. I think Greenwood is still in yeah, lock-up. Yeah, he's still in court. Yeah, he's still in court and all that stuff. So if if you are, if you are, I think we are getting Greenwood back. Obviously, he's one of the more talented guys up front for them. But for goals, I don't think uh, I'll, I'll I'll be confident in relying on um, those three for goals. Now, why why I'm saying come back? You already made the mistake. Make the best out of it. Make the best out of it means Ronaldo come and work with this new manager. See what this new manager has in store, how he wants to play, what he wants to do. We all saw how you know Tayag played in Ayas throughout. It was a free-flowing uh, style of play where a lot of chances were created, where it's possible for you to score more goals, extend your records, possibly win Europa League. Even though you don't like the competition, it's still if you win it, it still has to your trophy cabinet, maybe get closer to the league second third let's come and try and you have just one year on your contract because the truth is there i don't think any of the clubs that you can go to instantly and be competitive don't want him i don't think bayern want him i don't think psg want him i don't i don't think mass Mas don't want him obviously barcelona does not want him real madrid does not want him so any team he goes to in search for champions league football will probably be mediocre at best among the other teams that is that are around, I don't think he's that prominent enough to take a mediocre team. For for example, say like in Napoli, from just mediocre to now be contenders for Champions League. So he'll still be mediocre. So I feel it's a case of if United have to look at it this way. If we let him go, how do where do we get goals from? Do they really have people to give them goals, or is he a langa, a langa, babanga? <laughs> No, I don't think they can they can rely on the langa. So they, they have to just look at it like okay, we've made the mistakes. Ronaldo, come this is one year. Just come. Let's okay, let's give you one or two extra incentive. If you score 30 goals, we'll give you this. If you do this, this, resolve it. Because you they can't afford to lose him. Because where where in the market? If if, if they they are there are no pro proficient goal scorers in the market. So that yeah, that's that's what the both so. parties have to look at it in such a way that is not really where do where would you go to that would that would really profit any of them? So I think eventually it's just like KD and you know the net. I don't know the day. I think finding the club might not necessarily yes, it looks like a big deal now, but there's a reason why Ogimendes is revered and respected. Like what he did last summer. Last summer we didn't nobody expected Ronaldo to end up at Manchester United or even get an offer from City Safe in the first place. Because these things just take time at the end of the window. Teams just But you need to remember that even that last summer. There had to be pressure from Ferguson, Rio Ferdinand. And yeah, because he was going to Manchester. So I'm just saying that the offer from Manchester came late. What I'm saying is that the offer from Manchester came late, and my United had to react because it was Manchester. It was if it was, it was probably around that time, United might not want to react. It was a club outside England. United might not decide, might decide not to react. What I'm saying now is well, they yeah, might start the season. Bayern might, might start the season and be like, oh, you know what? Sadio Mane is good at first night. Before you know, before the end of August, you're looking at it. Ah. Sadio Mane is not Lewandowski. There are no goals there. 
please. To be honest, I don't know why he's Bayern. I think Bayern is probably not looking too much at him because number one, they can't afford to pay any ridiculous wage. He, exactly. Or, I feel like Bayern are playing mind games. And I feel like Bayern are playing mind games because he's still under contract. They can't pay that salary. They still yes. have to pay. A twenty transfer million, fee, a game, exactly. million transfer fee. So they don't see it as a the, the way transfer. the way the way Bayern were publicly saying no no Chelsea was more of a private thing. The way all the Bayern sporting directors, the presidents, manager, everybody taking about is I feel like it was more of mind games of okay, let's even say we want you, but we don't want you at this instance, like this current structure, like this wage, yeah, this transfer wage fee, yeah, everything. If you can, maybe you are coming with a fifty percent pay cut, or United are giving it to us for free on loan. Fine, we will take it. But that the way will, things are, we will pay a transfer will. fee, then you come and collect money that's it. What about to come to an end? Oh no, 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 no! It's not going to happen. So that's why I feel. But anyway, sticking with Bayern, they they've had a, a good win. They don't call it a spectacular win because when you lose Lewandowski, that guarantees you forty goals every season. That's that's not easy. But they brought in deletes, which I did not see coming at all. And Sadio Mane, and you're wondering, okay, Delete is most people don't know Delete is barely 23, like he's still very young, and he has a lot of upside. Obviously, Pamekan struggled a bit, it feels like he has a lot to learn, but Delete has a lot of potential, a lot of upside. And Sadio Mane coming in, is this still the same Bayern that we expect that okay, so many fans of Champions League, Champions League contenders every year, or not strong enough to play against some of the teams from Spain and the top teams in England? I think it feels like Nagelsmann doesn't really, you know, understand what the job entails in terms of how important it is for them to be dominant. So I think that's something they probably will catch up to eventually. So I don't know if they will have patience for him to catch up to that, but uh, that's one thing I noticed. Then, but I don't think, you know, they are going to be, maybe they'll, they'll probably take a while, maybe two, three years to then go and come back because. They are, they, they, people people always <laughs> underrate some players, especially because they just do those things and then you know everything is rosy. You know, <laughs> we're getting to the semi-final every year for eight straight years, you know, everything going rosy. We're thinking ah ah now. <laughs> One season without the maestro, we were knocked out. And I could say categorically that I could see the games that we lost in the group stage. That if Messi was in those games, there's so many games that just by because just because Messi is there, Omasai shaking here. Like You understand? So now I know Bayern will feel ah, ah we have Sane, we have this, we have that. Auntie Tojo Baba is in raw, and your umbrella is not properly spread, and it's one tattered umbrella you have. Sidomani has false nine. Sidomani loses a lot of chances. Yeah, he's a very quality player. He's a proper offensive threat. He will, you know, cause, cause trouble up front. But when it comes to nine, you add <laughs> you know, one, the, one of the best nines of his generation. Of, not even, he, he's one of the best nines that has played for your club. I think he has the record for number of goals for them. I don't know if he's still if he's even. I think um, I think uh, rec- rec- record for number of goals in a season. I think the all-time record is still getting dead Muller. So uh-huh. he, has, he has so many records with your team. Uh-huh. So I'm not saying I'm not trying to say oh they should cry because obviously they want just come there to leave. It's not as if maybe he, that I, I'm not I'm not trying to like say oh 
they didn't do enough. No, obviously, because I, they tried to keep him. I'm just saying that when the game starts, Tomahavi this September, October, the you know, Ojobaba is in road that when your wearing coat is not strong, that's when you know that ah, Lewandowski only shirt on shape because this, the presence alone, the charisma, the way the defenders have to defend him, creating space mm-hmm. for others in the box, doing corners, doing all those things, those are things they will miss. So I, I, I know that they will eventually find someone, you know, to come in and do some tricks for them, maybe next year or something. But I, among those guys they have currently playing for them, I don't think anyone can easily feel Lewandowski's shoes. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it either. Um, away from Bayern and PSG, where uh, the king himself, Lionel Messi, is still staying. Obviously, PSG, uh, they brought in a new sporting director, there's a new head coach, and they talk about changing their strategy transfer strategy, they brought in Vitinia, they brought they're trying to bring in younger players, Vitinia, Hugo Ekiteki, there are rumors that are close to signing, Nadi Mukele, they want Renato Sanchez. It feels like what PSG should have done all those years. They decided that okay, ah, it's never too late to start testing our footsteps. Let's do it now. Let's build the team. Let's see how it will be like if we build a team. Let's have a team of hardworking players. Because as much as you are buying stars and stars and stars, there's a limit to which stars would hustle for each other. You, you don't expect, okay, Messi will run. Messi is not going to run and be tracking back. Neymar won't do it. Mbappe won't do it. Then in your midfield too, you now have players that won't do it. So if you, you already have like a, an imbalance. But now that, okay, they're trying to see if they can build a team and generate more success or see if you can help them in Europe. Is it a strategy that you okay? will help them become more competitive on the long run or is it something that can still work now like can they still be as competitive as dominant in the French league with this new transfer strategy i think because they still have obviously have the quality talent in that in their team i think they will still be dominant in the French league i think the question is they looked at what was going on in their squad and they felt like the squad was not disciplined enough and that's why they they let up the lead to real madrid and how, why they have been letting up so many games. And that's why they brought in the coach they brought in. You know, the coach they brought in is not someone that would... Uh, he's, not, he's known as a no-nonsense uh, yeah, match. Yeah. Mm. So, so, I think they are trying to address that situation where it feels like everybody is just feeling falafel in the locker room. It just, it just feels like if, for example, uh, Brooklyn decides today that Steve Natch, yeah, Malosi Cabo, Mexico. Oh, yeah, Mark Jackson, come. Do you understand? Yeah. You will know that the, state, the, the, the hiring alone is a statement in itself that uh-huh. this is how we are going to function. This is how we are going to behave. This is what we are going to do. So having that hiring and, you know, the changes, I feel like you always need hardworking, talented young guys to complement whatever skill or um, high-profile signings you bring in. Because if you don't have that structure and discipline in your midfield, in your team, supporting as the core of the team, you would always have that trouble, you know, winning especially important tactical games where you have to be disciplined throughout the throughout the duration of the game and not just for some stretches. So, I think it's never too late, you know, they can, the Man City came, you know, started, they started rubbing you, buy this one, buy that one, buy that one, at some point, they calm down. So yeah, let's start building strategically, let's start buying quality young guys, building, so I think it's, it's, something, it's not too late to do. You know, football is forever. It's not as if maybe football is ending next week. I said maybe Jesus Christ come, but that one's still doing okay. So that's that's just it's not it's not happening. So I think it's, it's a good 
is a good strategy. But, yes, but, 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 but there are rumors that they want to get rid of Neymar. Like, what do you do with the Neymar problem? Because the way I see it is, if you have Mbappe and Messi, you can bring in a left winger or change your style or something. I still be like, you can still be very competitive in Europe if you have balance around Messi and Mbappe because the rest of the team that they have to work hard. It's outfield players have to work extremely hard compared to just seven working hard. But what do you do with Neymar? Do you obviously try offering to Man City? Those ones are like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. We don't want. Then what do you do now? Do you start begging him that okay, maybe go to another club? Do you call Chelsea and say, do you want him? Do you call Barcelona and say he's away can return home? Or do you for this season? I think you you work with him for this season. Neymar is obviously very talented, and you know, he just, he sometimes he just needs a firm hand, a tito, a tito in Brazil to you know put that leash, that uh, king, and say this is how we are going to do it. A Luis Enrique who is going to make things, you know, like who is going to be the authoritative law. So I think that's that's just he he is a very talented guy. So I think if you get if you just need to from the from the first day. The tone of the dressing room has to change, so I don't know what this guy, this new coach, is doing, but it has to change so much so that Neymar recognizes that this is the authority, this is the person in charge of getting us to where we want to get to. So, I think that's just it. I think that's just what needs to happen. Oh, hopefully, I'm sure they find a way around it. Um, before we call it tonight, I just have a yeah, there are like a thousand and one free agents that are still available. This matters and all these players are still looking for clubs, but over time, I'm sure we'll find a way with. It's in new clubs, but I just have a question. Like, I know Barcelona have had an outstanding transfer window. Like, I'm even surprised. Like, if Kunde joins, all the best trying to be them in Champions League, if they get things right on the field, like they have depth and everything. But if you look around Europe, like Europe itself, is there a particular transfers for you so far that have stood out? Like, oh wow, this is a very good transfer deal for this particular club. I think uh one of the obvious ones, there are a couple anyways, there are a couple of them, but one of the obvious ones is uh, Jesus to Arsenal. Arsenal because okay. he's a proper bowler in the in the box. You know, he, 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 people, you know, always want to say, ah, he's in, he's in Man City, they create a lot of chances, blah, blah, blah. But the guy is a proper bowler. The guy, he has death touches. You can see those things. There are some things that you don't need to, you don't need someone to explain to you. You just know that this guy, ask those things yeah. like how to control the ball properly you know time the ball cut when it's supposed to cut slide like all those kind of simple simple things that make for a proper striker in the box so i think he's one of those additions that i think will really really help us now yes maybe it helped them move from fifth to third or something like that but still it's going to be i, I see him scoring like 20 league goals easy I think I see. I think it can provide twenty plus league goals for them. Wow, yeah. So that's one of the goodest fast now fans this night. You said I, I think that's one of so... the one of the good, think... you know, obvious recruitment. You know, and they were lacking there. It was obvious that they were struggling to score. You know, sure. towards the end of the season, especially after season, letting yeah. Open Mayang leave. So getting someone like that to pair with the Martinelli's and the guys up front was was a really really solid addition for Arsenal. Arsenal fans, there you have it. Bolich has. Spoken well for you guys. So my next week or on the Anaba Nazi podcast, if he decides to drag you guys again, you guys should please understand that. Come on, what is speaking to Anyway, I'm afraid that's all we can take for tonight. Bullish, thank you so much. Yeah. This week. Yeah, and thank you so much guys for having me. You guys will be back to running your team, whichever it is you want to run it. So until then, guys, please stick with the Anaba Nothing podcast. 
visit Ziona, but nothing will be exciting yes, guys. for more articles and more stuff going forward. All right. Have a lovely week ahead, guys.